Okay, ready? Uh, no. <laughs> yep, I'm ready. It stopped being funny. It never stops being funny. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Relative Run Readiness. Today, I have a special announcement. I thought you were going to say a special guest, and I was going to be like, oh, Matt, that's so nice, but I'm always here. (laughs) That's Mr. Chad Sweet, of course, uh, your other host, along with me, myself, and I. But we've been gone for a minute. We've been gone for about a month or so. I know that's been too long. We, We didn't miss a week for like a year and a half half or so, but we just decided that there was a lot that needed to be done for relative run readiness, and we're revamping that. So we have that announcement that we are going to have the new relative run readiness programs that are going to be updated and that progression is going to go all the way through for a full year. So the the podcast obviously talks a lot about relative run readiness. That's not what it's all about, but just know that we have those programs up. They are ready to go. We've had a lot of great feedback on them, uh, but people are wanting more. And that is, of course, what we are giving you. So we've made lots of new videos and programs for this next year. Very excited about that. But let's just talk about what else we've been doing. We got back from St. George and that was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Chad? It was St. George, Utah. It's a lovely place. It is. If you've never been, it's quite nice. Uh, The scenery is very nice. The weather is quite nice, although it did get a little hot. A little hot, yeah. Yeah. Not too hot. and we've now spent a, a cup uh, a few times we've gone there for mm-hmm. some different things mm-hmm. bam balance to art multi sport bam. bam yep bam bam uh, we've there. gone there for a couple of camps and uh, yep. now this time we went there for a half ironman mm-hmm. uh the the nationals is that what it was that was the North American championships North American yeah yeah not just us not just us a lot of really phenomenal athletes competition at the 70.3 Ironman North American Championships, where really because of COVID, there's not as much competition. So what we're seeing when I say that there's not as many races, in other words. So what we're seeing is that with these races, man, the competition really shows up. The, yeah. The top, when when yeah. you only have a couple of races when it's, I mean, it's usually like, you know, a thousand races in a month. Yeah. And that, that does say something about maybe when we don't have these restrictions, maybe athletes might be over racing or they might be over training at times, things like that. It seems like a lot of athletes are really putting up great numbers and great performances. So there's something to this and that's silver lining. So if you're out there frustrated because you haven't been able to race as much, hopefully you've taken advantage of this time to really check in with yourself and to build yourself up to the best version you can be then going to these races i think you'll have a lot of fun once you can get to one it was a lot of energy a lot of excitement i was yeah super excited to see a lot of the athletes of course bam's a triathlon program and we 
are lucky enough to work very closely with them and the out of Salt Lake, yeah, Salt, Salt Lake, Lake Park City. Yeah, um, and and they they represented very well at this race. They brought a lot of athletes from their program down there. Yeah, they had some uh, nice podium finishes for their age group competitions. Uh-huh, and, yeah, uh-huh. a couple yeah, of yeah. coaches, trainers from the from BAM as well. That was pretty nice. Yeah, we uh, we interviewed Coach Wes a while back, and we talked a lot about his culture. So that's a podcast you can. You can check out if you'd like to, but Wes has got um, just a lot of amazing support around him. And of course, that was the first thing that we kind of experienced there going to the lake that first morning. That was the morning before the race and everyone's oh, yeah. there getting used to the course. And yeah, jumping in that water. Oh, that water how cold was it is. cold and I didn't even <laughs> get in, but I was just cold looking at it. Yeah, no fooling. There's a, there's no way you could have got me in that water. No, 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 no. Um, well, they were wearing wetsuits, so that yeah. helps a little bit. But, um, but yeah, no, they all have great attitudes. And I will say that... My bucket list, I wanted as a personal goal of mine to go to a race and have somebody that I didn't know walk up to me and say, hey, you know, your podcasts and your programs have really helped me. And that happened. And this is very early on. I didn't expect this yet, but um, guy named Dave Lee, correct? Dave Lee? You're right, Matt. How did you remember that? Because David Lee Roth. Oh, That's how That's I remember right. things. And Dave was a, is a great guy. Dave um, is so awesome. Yeah. Hi, Dave, if you're out there listening. Uh, it was such a pleasure to meet you. And, and I know Matt talked with you a lot, but I like you more than he does. Yeah, he even knew who you were, which I, was... That is weird. Uh, yeah, because you're so obscure and really not that important. And I was <laughs> really impressed that he knew he knew you as well. I mean, me, that's a given. Um, no, and, it was and you're really, the best friend I've got. <laughs> it was it was really nice talking to Dave and hearing his story and also getting his feedback again from the oh, program, yeah, sure. what he's dealing with. And uh, I know with Dave, he had some specific questions for me, but it really helps me when I do get feedback from the audience and from, well, he's a member of R3. So that's really nice yeah. that he was able to contribute some great feedback for us because writing up these new programs, uh, that definitely had some influence, some of the feedback he gave me and some of the questions he had. A lot of those questions and feedback, by the way, we're going to be doing a lot of podcasts that answer those questions. Now, again, even if you are not using our program, you'll still be able to use this information. So going forward, though, I guess I can just uh, drop the mic and walk away because, you know, that was that was kind of on my bucket list. list. Um, Now I can retire. So goodbye, everyone. Would you? Would you? No, but thank you, Dave. That meant a lot to me. It really did. And that was my first experience with a complete outsider that I didn't know that recognized, uh, you know, the program uh, and benefited from the program and 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 recognized us. Just that was cool. So thank you. uh, I got speaking of questions. I got some questions for you. Yeah. Um, uh, I always do. I don't know know. if I have answers. Okay. Well, we'll give it a shot this time. Um, so I had missed correctly, missed, missed correctly. I had misremembered. Uh, I was incorrect. I thought I had never been to an Ironman before. Uh, but the last, but I had been to one, but it was like, 15 years ago, 14 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. You were in one that one time. 
and uh, <laughs> one that one that one that I did the Vine Man. It was the Vine Man. Yep, I do remember that seventy point three. Seventy point three. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, but going there, it had been a while for me at mm-hmm. least, and so you know the excitement of not only the race itself, but specifically the excitement of knowing that we were going there for a particular purpose mm-hmm. and um, dealing with one of our podium athletes. Uh, and and so I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about that experience from your point of view as uh, a, a team member on an athlete, uh, an athlete's crew. Yeah. One thing I want, I want to point out really quickly though, you mentioned that I had been in a 70.3 myself, man, that was like, yeah, probably 15 years ago or so. And you remember my appendix ruptured just a few months before that Ironman. And although I don't feel like I was really able to, to get into full fitness because really swimming was something that I really didn't do. So right. I, I had to basically, I spent three months trying to to really learn how to swim. I mean, I kind of, I could get by, you know, I got my Boy Scout badge for like, they throw you in a pond and you gotta like <laughs> make sure you don't yeah. drown and then you, they give you a badge or something. That's about the extent of swimming for me until that point. And then I, I spent a few months, I hired a swim coach and I spent a few months doing that. And um, when the gun first went off, I made the biggest rookie mistake ever because I got right behind somebody else and they just promptly kicked me right in the throat. And I could not, I mean, I was just gasping and I went to the side of the river. Thankfully, this was a river that you had to actually swim upstream and then you get to swim downstream and coming back. But I was able to get to the side and get to my feet and I almost didn't start the race. I remember looking over at you and I was just like, Oh man, I just, I think the only reason why I even just started swimming is because I had people there that were traveled a ways just to see me do this thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So it's just little things like that, that there's a lot that you have to overcome just to, just to complete one of these things. It's super complex. I mean, you're taking three different sports and you're cramming them together and you got to do them all at once back to back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully people listening, like if you're thinking about doing one, it's I was really glad that I did it, especially because of the swimming part. I was forced to do something that I wasn't good at and I was forced to face that challenge. And, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't swim well. Um, <laughs> I, I barely made it out of the water. I remember being so glad when we turned around and now we got to swim downstream. Uh-huh. And that was so nice. And I was in a wetsuit. I was also thankful that it was cold enough to have a wetsuit uh-huh. because that helps you float a little bit. And, you know, I do have I'm more of a runner's build. So I have that lower body fat, which is essentially did not help me much in the water. But getting out, man, I hammered the bike because now I had to make up time, right? Classic rookie mistakes, one after another. Um, I remember, too, that I took my bike guys to the bike shop about, oh, two weeks before the race to get it fine-tuned. They didn't have it ready for me. I went there three separate occasions. I had to essentially train on my spin bike at my gym because they didn't have my bike ready and 
I literally picked it up the day before where I had to yell and scream and tell them that the, that I had to get my bike now. So I'm pretty sure they did nothing to my bike, by the way. Um, my chain fell off in that race three times, Jeez, three crazy. times. So a lot of things that go into this that I can respect, including just getting all these ducks in a row, testing your bike out well ahead of time, making sure that everything's adjusted properly. When you travel with your bike now, is, is everything still adjusted properly? You know, right. there's so much that goes into this, but Anyways, I was hammering on the bike and I've always been a pretty decent biker, can can uh, can hold over 300 watts for the course, uh, you know, for an hour or so. And that's, you know, that's decent, right? Of course, this course was a bit longer, but just saying like I, I tried to make up for it and then I got off the bike and man, talk about brick training. I mean, oh man, my legs were just dead for that half. So, yeah, um, you know, I did manage to come in the top 10% in the field that day, but it was just brutal. And so my point is, I, I, I have so much respect for what these triathletes do. And I do want to go to the Ironman, of course, like most people who are going to do an Ironman, um, I'm one of those many, many people that one day want to go to the Hawaii Ironman, the world championships and, uh, and do that. But I will need lots and lots and lots of time to, uh, to get to swim down and get better at that. So, um, just talking about preparation before we get into Ben Canute, that was the athlete that we went there to support and work with just the amount of dedication and time and training and preparation that needs to go into just showing up to one of these things. It's, it's, I respect every single person so much that can just show up and be, and be there and be ready. It's, right. it's a lot. It sure is a lot. And there are, you know, obviously there are so many of the, uh, uh the competitors who don't have a team behind them, right. who don't have other people sort of handling logistics and allowing that athlete to really focus on their own physical and mental preparation for this race. Um, you know, Ben is uh, very fortunate that he gets to do what he loves to do and is passionate about and has a team behind him. But, you know, we were staying at this house uh, and just across the backyard from from us, we started a conversation with a really lovely couple from Boulder. Uh, and, uh, they're a husband and wife and they both competed in the race. And, and I thought, boy, what a great thing for them to, uh, to bond around, but also, man, what, uh, so much of what they had to do is their own preparation, finding their own place to stay and, and being their own, you know, support crew and all that stuff. Yeah. And then getting home in time to see their daughter play a soccer game. Yeah. Right. The next that next morning. So, yeah, just very motivated, driven people, highly, highly motivated people there. And um, it's what a great example for their daughter. Too. For sure. Um, I'm so bad with with names. It's I wish the her, Silvers, the Silvers. Yeah. OK, Kiki well, and Scott. Oh, OK, well, there you go. And guys, I hope you're listening because we did tell them about the podcast. So if you're listening, we we had a great time talking to you as well. So, yeah, yeah when. We got Ben ready. I guess we should talk about that a little bit. The preparation for this really leading up to Yokohama, which is the Olympic trials, is what 
the main focus is obviously. Right. So the preparation for this race was more complex because you can't taper and sharpen for every single race, mm -hmm. even though it's the North American championships, we're still looking at Yokohama as a, a really main goal. Um, and there's a lot to that, but in general, what I would say guys is that we are doing work that Ben is confident in that he's used to, and that he has essentially mastered tapering pretty well for multi-races, multi-events. So, well, and speaking of multi-events, like he, he has been racing kind of back to back to back to back to get to Yokohama and uh, I can't even imagine because you're talking about uh, all of these different courses and none of them are, you know, you have each has their own particular uh, challenge, a challenge, maybe two or three or whatever. But I don't even know at, from a training standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, and he has a very good coach, Jim Vance. Uh, I don't even know how you wrap your brain around, okay, we've got all of these races in a row. We got to prep for those. But the bigger picture is that the goal of Yokohama and then the bigger picture on top of that, which is, of course, the Olympics. Yeah. So Yokohama is going to be very short and fast. Right. And so the training for that is obviously different than a hilly 70.3 Ironman. So that is something that obviously we need to consider. And I bring that up because even talking to Gwen Jorgensen, she was saying, geez, when I when I did a big race like that, and it is the North American Championships, I had to focus on that course or simulate that course, hopefully even be on the course as much as I could to really be able to to perform at a world class level. So there's a lot to it. And the team that surrounds Ben is, is phenomenal. And I'm, I'm not, um, well, I, I am just a, a small piece in the puzzle on this team, but I'm really sincerely impressed with just how much communication there is with the coaches and what we need to figure out together as a team. So you said, you know, it's so complex, but thankfully Ben doesn't have to do it all on his own and yeah. I don't have to figure out all on my own. We have a lot of feedback from the coaches and Jim Vance is phenomenal in the sense that he really opens up his mind to what the other coaches have to say, even though he has the final word. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really impressed with that. And that speaks a lot on just culture and communication. And again, here we have it at the highest levels or just with you know, the, the families that are supporting you to get to your races and being there for you and cheering you on. Right. So, um, leading up to the race though, I think what's kind of cool to talk about is he was doing some neuromuscular facilitation work and probably people would be surprised by this. I was saying a lot of athletes don't do this, but we were just basically doing some very, um, some good mobility drills. So that's part of his daily protocol. And that's, you know, just wall windmills and just doing some couch uh, stretches, things like that. Some of your typical mobility drills, but the neuromuscular stuff, that's where we start talking about just some really quick alactic stuff. So he might be doing a speed band press for just about 10 seconds, or he might be doing uh, some pogos 
for just about 10 seconds. And we generally will go with compound movements where he's doing something like a uh, a banded row where he might do um, six and a half seconds max and he might say do five or six reps. So there's not a lot well, of volume there yeah. at all, but it's just it's uh, it's it's quick and dirty. It's it's fast and free. And it's nothing that's going to get the muscles to burn or feel like you're getting into that metabolic conditioning at all. Nowhere near that. And everything is cut down quite a bit. But uh, in general, we're doing about uh, a, a third or a quarter of the work that he's used to that race week when it comes to strength work. But it's just it's just very important to remind the muscles that they have a job to do. And I just kind of look at maintaining so that you feel ready. You don't want to feel like you're almost like you're too loose or too relaxed and your muscles just don't feel like they're firing. Yeah. So these, these type of drills can really help with that. And we just dose in that. It takes about 10, 15 minutes to do this session. And we do one the day before we do the, we do one the morning of even, but it's not a lot of work and it's just fast and free stuff and it helps him to, to feel ready. Well, you were talking about compound movements and the, the banded row. I bet people at home are just thinking, oh, you just, you know, either grab the band or you put the band around a pipe and then you just row it. Right. But that wasn't what it was. It is a true compound movement and you are looking at the athlete as a whole unit, the whole body's got to function together. And so it wasn't just a banded row. It was a banded row with a, a jump in it. Right. He's got triple extension in the row. So he does leave the ground and you've got ankle, knee, hip extension. I actually call it big four because you're also getting thoracic extension. So I've kind of dubbed that as big four, but essentially getting his feet off the ground quicker. That's really important. And also it's kind of like doing a clean, but when you have a band, you can take that anywhere. So you don't have mm -hmm. to bring a bar with you and weights and all that. And we also do just some speed presses, uh, you know, everything that's going to be more concentric guys, everything that is more about that muscle action to produce force, but without an emphasis or really any real emphasis on the eccentric. So we want to we want to take that muscle breakdown away from the actions and we just want to kind of spark things up, get things moving fast and free. And so, you know, bands are great for that. We even did just some overhead speed presses mm -hmm. that, that he did. But again, these are all movements that are tried and true for him that we worked on for really several weeks leading up to his competition. So we know that these movements are great for him. These are not just, well, I hear these are good to do, so I'm going to do it for the first time <laughs> right. the day before my competition the morning of. Uh -huh. But anyways, uh, I digress. That, that all will also be in that sharpening work will be in the yearly programming on R3. Shameless plug there. But uh, that's the kind of stuff we're working on. And we know it works. And we are very uh, happy and proud of Ben's progressions. Now, quite honestly, Ben, he put it on his YouTube channel as well. We're on the, the prep day for the YouTube channel. I'm in my beautiful flash shirt, which I'm, I would say, ironically wearing today, except for I wear it a lot. Yeah, so, you wear it like every day. Yeah, it's got, <laughs> like, I've got crazy 
pit stains and stuff. And my wife hates the shirt and I've been wearing it for like 15 years, but I love my flash shirt. It's got some holes in it. Um, I didn't know I was going to be on the YouTube channel for that session. So, um, but you can, you can see us on there for the, uh, St. George, um, prep day. And then, you know, St. George, it wasn't, it wasn't a great day for Ben. He's, you know, he talks about it on his YouTube channel for the next day, but it had nothing to do with his, his, uh, his conditioning or his readiness. It, it was, it had more to do with other factors, but, uh, he's, he has had some really great races leading up to, you Yokohama. That's why he's going to Yokohama. So he learned from that day and there were some obvious adjustments he needed to, to be able to make and he's making them. We're making them as a team. But I can confidently say without giving too much away that this that that you learn from from more from, I think, the the challenges that we have than we do when we're really successful. So the races before that, 70.3, he he placed uh, third and then second, and he was only he was only a matter of seconds away in his last race from the guy who won at North American Championships uh, last weekend. So uh-huh. this is these are things that we are considering and looking at. But it's amazing at that level; it doesn't take much to throw you off. And yeah. uh, but I will say, look out for the World Championships. It will be at St. George again and. I'm sure Ben's going to want some redemption there, but really, again, he's ready for Yokohama. I'm excited about Yokohama, and I know he's going to go there very hungry and ready to prove that he belongs on that team. So I'm really proud of Ben. Last thing I want to say is we just have uh, been doing this for a long time, and sometimes I, I get surprised myself, but Cody Foreman... If you're listening, Cody used to be, and well, he was an athlete that I trained through high school. And then in college, I remember him calling me up and he was having trouble. They really picked up his miles very quickly. He was uh, running in college and it wasn't working. Big surprise there. Again, I'm not against high mileage, but I'm against doing too much too soon. Anyways, so we discussed some options for him and we started discussing triathlon back then. And uh, that's just amazing because after that, he interned for me uh, out of college for a few years, actually, and or through college, I should say. And then uh, now he is a professional triathlete and he was in the field and I didn't even realize he was going to be there. Um, so it was so nice to see him. I actually heard his name being announced as he came out of the water in the pro field. And I was like, oh, whoa, there's Cody. And then I look on my phone and he had texted me just before the race. Like, are yeah. you here today? Yeah. So Cody, very proud of you, man. Uh, he's come a long ways and he is a professional triathlete in the same field with Ben. I was very proud of that from somebody who's worked with him since he was just, uh, you know, a just kid. a wee babe. Just a, yeah, just a wee babe. Okay. Well, and, and on that note, I just want to say congratulations to everyone who competed in that race. Uh, and that's everyone across the board, but specifically all the folks from BAM and all the folks that we knew in that race. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you like it, like us, go find us on Instagram, go find us on Facebook, go find us on the interwebs, uh, at Pendola project or pendolaproject.com P E N D O L A. 
if you want to sign up for our R3 Relative Run Readiness Online Strength Training for Runners, uh, go find it on our website and uh, give it a shot. You get a two-week uh, trial. We've got the new programs uh, rolling out, the entire one-year macro progression rolling out uh, the beginning of next month, beginning of June. Uh, so uh, you could check that out then and uh, have a good night. <laughs> Or morning, <laughs> or whatever. Good night, Cleveland. Just be good. 